the Purdue Basketball Podcast. I'm Elliot Bloom, joined by the voice of the Boilermakers, Larry Clisby, episode 45 here on the podcast. And today we welcome in a uh, former player of ours that needs no introduction. Jawan Johnson joins us. And uh, first of all, JJ, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm doing great, man. Well, big weekend here around uh, Purdue basketball. We have our uh, and our biannual uh, alumni weekend, which uh, features mm-hmm. players that come in. We'll have an alumni game on Saturday um, in Mackey Arena. Juwan's going to be in town for that and playing. Um, and our fans, uh, I was looking up some of your numbers, JJ, uh, this morning, kind of getting ready for this. And seventh all-time leading score, uh, just over 1,900 career points, which uh, – that's, I mean, that is so hard to do. A lot of points. Um, Big Ten Player of the Year in 2011. Uh, All-American here. Names in the rafters in Mackey. Averaged over 20 a game your senior year. Um, when we were, as our fans were seeing the names that of the former players that are going to play in that game, um, you're, you've been marked as the guy that's going to be the guy to stop in that game <laughs> right now. You're, you're the lead dog right now that's going to play on Saturday. <laughs> Hey, he had a pretty good year this year, didn't he? Yeah, yeah. You know, I had a you know really good year. You know, team won the championship. Uh, so you know, I'm excited to you know come back to Purdue and you know see some uh, you know some family you know back at Purdue. Hey, uh, uh, Jawan, you know you talk about um, you know for so many years, and this has gone on for 30 years. Uh, guys end up playing in in Europe or other mm-hmm. places to play overseas they'll say hey i'm gonna play overseas you could be a pro in germany or denmark or you know mm-hmm. italy spain wherever it be but we don't ever get a feel for because people don't follow you uh, mm-hmm. mostly i mean mo- other than family and friends and they don't get a feel for european basketball How, how's that all set up because you won the championship in in, in the major league of uh, your division right Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So how's that all set up? Because I know at one time, at least I knew it, that uh, most teams were allowed to have two foreign players, and uh, mm-hmm. and then everybody else had to be from their country. How's it now? Um, you know, every country is you know a little bit different, but um, now like in the top division, in most countries, you can play. You can, you can have, you know, pretty much up to six Americans now on one team. Wow. So, you know, the league is, you know, changed, you know, in the first division especially. Um, normally, if you're playing, like, second division, the most Americans you have on the team is, like, two. And uh, you can only play two at the court at the same time. So, it's a little different in second division. You know, I play in first division. So, it's, you know, uh, I guess it's, like, a faster game. Um, a little bit more athletic players. Obviously, have more American players out there, so it changes the game a little bit. But um, you know, it's 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 a different game than uh, will say the NBA, for example. It's uh, more crowded in the paint. You can stay in the lane. You know, things like that. But uh, I guess that would be like the biggest thing. I would say overseas is more physical. Um, NBA, obviously, a little bit more athletic. Mm-hmm. Things like that. But um, and that's been, you know, yeah, it's, it's been a, a wild, it's been a wild transition because at one time the NBA was right. the physical league, the European leagues were like all three point shooters and spacing and floor spacing and stuff like that. And I'm sure that you still do that, but it, uh, but th- this this league must have a 
must fit your style of play for sure, right? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I definitely think. Um, I think you know one thing you know overseas that you know I've I've been, I guess, fortunate and you know able to use. You know, is like you know my. Obviously, I have you know skill with my game, but you know athleticism and you know my quickness overseas. You know, it, it makes it really tough. You know, people that you know guard me and things. You know, but um, you know those have been you know my pretty much my biggest advantage I've been kind of using, you know, since I've been over there. Oh, I saw a couple of your dunks made the rounds on social media, yeah, Twitter right. and Instagram, and you were just, I mean, you were up there tearing the rim off. Um, and, it, and it looks like on some of those clips you see, uh, the game atmospheres look pretty cool too. Talk, I mean, what are the crowds like and, and what kind of, you know, what's the average attendance that you guys are playing in front of? Um, you know, it's it's kind of weird. Like the average attending attendance kind of varies. I would say like places like Italy are a little bit like smaller gyms, but they're kind of like packed on top of you. Uh, you might have five to ten thousand max, but uh, you know it's sold out. And like the fans, if you know anything about international sports, you know those fans are really crazy. You know, the first <laughs> thing I, I kind of think of is like. You know, see those little so- you always see little soccer highlights of fans. Yeah, right. And shooting flares. You know, I've been in games where they shot flares off. You know, <laughs> throwing batteries, coins, and wow, pretty much crazy stuff. But it makes the game. It's a different type of atmosphere, and it makes you know the game fun. You know, it's just a you know different feel. But it's if anything, I would say it's more towards like a college feel. But the fans are just you know. A little bit of, a little bit crazier though, for sure. <laughs> that's the that's the biggest thing. Now, who do you, who do you play for and pronounce it? Because every time I look at it, I don't have a clue. Um, you know, last year I was in Darushafika. That's how you pronounce the team. And I was in Istanbul, Turkey, and then um, this team this year in Russia. It's in Lokomotiv Kuban, and it's in uh, Krasnodar, Russia. So. Now, where is that in relationship to other cities that we would know in Russia? Okay. Um, like when you it, fly over, will you fly into that city or will you fly somewhere else? Well, uh, in Russia, the majority of the cities, if you don't live in Moscow, uh, you pretty much, I mean, there's a few direct flights from other cities. But like, for example, from my city, they have flights, for, like direct flights every day to Istanbul. You know, okay. So. From the city I'm in, it's only like an hour from Istanbul, same type of weather. So it's not like Russia weather where it's like freezing below zero, that type of thing. It's it's warmer than Indy. You know, it doesn't really snow too much. It may be like one day out of the whole year, but it does get like pretty cold, but, you know, no snow. So it's not, you know, that bad. But uh, from Moscow, it's probably like a two-hour flight um, more towards, you know, like I said, Turkey and things like that so okay yeah. so you're still a little bit further south and, and, yeah, and west than, than yeah, most so, of the russian mainland you know, i've been places you know since i've been overseas i've been to you know siberia and you know some crazy traveling you know things like that you know right by you know antarctica and a whole bunch of stuff so it's it's been some crazy little trips that i've been on so when you get off the plane in siberia is it really <laughs> is, is it the real deal the cold yeah, it's freezing. Um, <laughs> honestly, that's like the one place like you kind of dread going. Um, I think when we flew in, we flew in like the day of the game just because of the travel schedule and they're 
time zone is even more different than, you know, what I'm on. So it's maybe four hours ahead of me, you know, where we're traveling to. Yeah. In Siberia or whatever. And we get there the day of the game, you know, like maybe five hours for the game. We play, you know, get our ass kicked, and then we leave. <laughs> well, like, that game is just, you know, it's a lot of that travel is just so tough for everybody. So that kind of gives, like, that team, like, that advantage. There's only, like, one flight out, you know, at the night after the game. So people are, like, more worried about making a flight home than, you yeah, know. Yeah, well, that's why they call it <laughs> Siberia. You know, like, uh, like 20, 30 years ago, if you went to Siberia, you were going to die there. Yeah. So they, I guess they do that in the sports, too. Come to our place, yeah. and, hey, if you don't win, you stay. <laughs> yeah. You just try to get up out of there as soon as possible. Yeah. So, um, for our fans that are listening, we uh, Jawan comes back uh, every summer and helps work our basketball camps in June, and uh, it's great because we get a chance to always catch up with him. And I was talking to Jawan this summer, and last year he, uh, as he referenced, he played in Istanbul in Turkey. And um, Jawan, when we when we talked in June, you were kind of in a holding pattern because you were going to wait to see, um, you know, where you were going to play this coming year. And then uh, I'm going to brag on you a little bit just because it's public uh, public knowledge and it made some headlines. But you got a pretty good deal to go to Russia this year, you know, north of of, uh, of two million dollars a year. So congrats on uh, on that offer and that uh, and your upcoming season and stuff. But um, you talked about your time in Turkey and the fact that you really loved Istanbul, the city, and, and living there. Um, and talk about that. And then you played for David Blatt who uh, basketball fans will remember was uh, the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers for a time when LeBron was there. So talk about that a little bit. Um, yeah, uh, obviously, you know, I signed that two-year deal. Uh, you know, it's still kind of crazy to me, actually. You know, it's kind of – obviously, it's awesome. You know, I'm, you know, blessed and everything like that. It's, you know, major – a major opportunity, you know, and I'm just, you know, really fortunate enough to, you know, just – play basketball and get paid for it honestly you know like something that you would do for free it's just like wow getting paid for it you to travel the world it's you know kind of awesome but um you know coach black um you know, he was a great coach uh pretty much overseas a lot of people don't know a lot about him overseas but pretty much he's won like every possible like championship there is to win you know like you know domestically Euro Cup, Euro League. He's won uh like World Cup. He was coaching for Russia. Um, he's won Euro League championships. So I mean, he's pretty much won everything there's possible to win in Europe. So he's like one of the, I guess, the most prestigious coaches in Europe. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of cool just to like hear some of his stories about when he played in Cleveland and all some of the players that he's you know gotten to coach, but uh. I really enjoy, you know, playing for him. Um, it's like my first time having like a American coach in Europe, and uh, it definitely makes things go a lot easier and just a little bit smoother. And you know, just having an American coach you can relate to at all times is kind of cool. So, uh, and it kind of turned out to be, you know, one of my my best seasons. So, you know, it was a great opportunity, and you know, I was just fortunate enough to have the opportunity to play for him. Well, I know you guys, we referenced that you guys won the championship uh, this season for that team. And um, for those uh, of our fans who follow you on social media, and I even told you this in June when I saw you, 
the the night after the championship looked like a pretty fun time because you posted a little video i think it was on instagram and you and your teammates in the back of the bus smoking cigars and the champagne bottles were out and it, it looked like a pretty good time but that had to be a really cool moment uh to end uh you know as you said a successful season for you yeah, it was, you know, it was awesome, you know, it's always cool to see, you know, I always find it fun, you know, see your coaches kind of let your hair, let their hair down, <laughs> yeah. just, you know, just enjoy themselves and just have a good time with you, uh, you know, it's, you know, pretty cool, and then uh, it's crazy, we have a teammate, he was actually the first Cuban player, you know, to win a Euro Cup championship, so it was pretty cool, and he had his, like, family come, you know, from Cuba or whatever, and they brought like all these Cuban cigars, and <laughs> so after we won, you know, it was kind of cool that you know we had Cubans and stuff. You know, after we won and stuff. So, but no, it was a really good time. You know, the team, you know, rented out this place, and then you know we just partied and just had a had a great time. It was it was cool. What's the What's the difference uh, between mm-hmm. that type of basketball in in reference to coaching? Uh, those coaches versus American coaches. I mean, are their styles similar or or are they different? Um, I would say it's it's similar. If I had to pick some, I would say coaches in Europe are probably more similar towards uh, college coaches um, in the respect that, uh, you know, college coaches, in my opinion, have more power than the players. Mm-hmm. Uh you know, they control, you know, what's going on. They control the practice schedules. They do this, they do that. You know, you pick who you want to play. Obviously, you know, NBA, um, it's a player's league. You know, uh, they make, yeah, they get paid you know, a little more. They get, you know, they get paid crazy money. So, obviously, the players, you know, run the show. You yes, know, and that's they do. <laughs> Heck, and, LeBron runs the league. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, you know, like, that, that's, the, that's the biggest thing. That makes sense. I can. I, yeah. That's a very good comparison. Um, so, um, talk about the, some of your different stops throughout Europe, and um, you know, what were some of the what, what was your favorite place that you played or lived over there? Um, honestly, I mean, I've lived in you know uh, Italy, Russia, Turkey. Uh, China for a couple months overseas, and I would say the place that I enjoy overall uh, level competition, city, apartment, accommodations, all that stuff. I would say Turkey. It's you know like I mean it's it's a city that has like fifteen to twenty million people. It's really modernized. A lot of American restaurants and had a great apartment and stuff like that. Um, so I mean it was. As far as like all of that stuff and great basketball, so I mean, I would say Istanbul. I would say it's really close though between um, that and Italy, though. Like when I was living there. Now, do you get a car over there? I know a lot of players. Yeah, most most of the time, you like most of the situations, you you get you know a car, uh, you get um, a place to stay. And then, you know, those two was like things are like pretty standard in contracts, your place to stay, your car. And then, um, you know, sometimes you get like round trip flights in your contract. So it just kind of depends on how it's set up. But generally, you, you, you always get those things. I have a good story. If I could share, uh, uh, Brian Evans, a former uh, Indiana star, uh, he and I were doing a, oh, a commercial uh, appearance somewhere and 
so I just started talking about stories, and he was talking about playing in Italy, and he played in a gated community. He lived in a gated community, and he parked his car out front of his place, but every once in a while that car would be stolen, <laughs> and and that car would be gone. He'd go out there and get it. Well, he'd get a hold of the person or the owner of the team, and his car would be parked back <laughs> in his empty place because this guy had control over, you know, who goes in there and who comes out and uh, and had the security of it. And so he said, my car gets stolen three or four times a month, but I didn't have to worry about it because it'll always be back <laughs> the next day. So, yeah, so it's pretty interesting how some of those things are set up. Were you ever, the first time you drove over there, was it a different experience? Um, I mean, yeah, a little bit. You know, like, it's, they drive, you know, a lot crazier than you know, right. we do. Right. Faster, a little bit, just a little bit of just, I don't know, a little bit more, just more aggressive, I guess. A lot of wrecks? I mean, it's a lot of more, of, I think it's more accidents, too, and... They don't really care about their cars, you know what I mean? <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Most people, they don't have, I mean, you have, like, those people that have really nice cars, obviously, but, you know, most of the time people just have something small. They don't care that it gets kind of hit a few times and, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, that's kind of what I was alluding to. It seems like every time we've traveled abroad, um, that's, that is exactly right. That mentality of the car's not that big a deal and, if you ding it a little bit when you're backing into a parking spot, no, no biggie. And, and, and there's just so many, as you mentioned, you know, with Istanbul, 15 to 20 million people, uh, a lot of crowded, a lot of crowded avenues and streets and things like that. So I can imagine you sneaking uh, or squeezing into a small car too <laughs> with your knees in the dashboard. <laughs> I've had to, I've had to like, you know, tell them I can't drive certain cars before it's like too small. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, unless you sit in the back seat. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so, um, since you've been playing over there, um, are there any Americans that you know played uh, collegiately over here at some other places that you've gotten to know pretty well, developed any friendships with? Um, I mean, I you know, I, it's crazy. Obviously, I you know basketball just brings you to the, always kind of start to see the same people. You know, over your right. career. You know. Uh, I would say um, maybe not like close friends, but you know, I was in Italy for a few years, and you know, I played against Aaron Kraft uh, just a couple times. It was just kind of cool to see like you know familiar faces that you know that you know I played against you know through college. You know, guys like you know him, Chris Bad, you know like Taylor Battle. You know, yeah, you know a few of those other guys. Uh, one of the craziest ones was like one of my favorite college players. Uh, was a uh, growing up was like Hakeem Ward. Yeah, at Syracuse. <laughs> yeah, so then like you know it was like a couple of years ago I played him overseas and I was like I just remember thinking like wow man I used to like really love playing you know watching this <laughs> this guy play in college and like you know yeah now I was you know he's playing you know <laughs> against me like you know you know in Turkey but no it was, it's it's pretty cool to just kind of see. You know where people's careers have taken them, and you know, see how people's games have evolved and things like that. Now, do you see any of our uh, any former Boilers over there? I know, um, obviously, I think you and Rob played against each other a couple times. Um, Keaton Grant, Chris Kramer, uh, some of your teammates are, are over there at various places. You're running any of those guys? 
Um, you know, what's crazy is that I haven't played or really ran into, like, any of those guys. You know, it's been weird. We've always been, like, different cities. Uh, I think the ones – the craziest that we haven't even played against each other is, you know, Chris Kramer. We play similar, you know, you know, the same little term. We just never got matched up against each other. So, you know, it's kind of weird. I played against Robbie uh, a couple times while I was overseas. But uh, – Everyone else, you know, I haven't really got a chance to play, but, um, you know, it's always good to, you know, we, I do, you know, message those guys, you know, stuff while they're overseas and, you know, we talk, you know, so it's, you know, we still keep in contact, but, you know, it's just, pretty, you know, it's cool to, you know, to see them though. That was one of my next questions is who are some of the, your teammates <coughs> and stuff that you still keep in touch with from time to time? Um, you know, every now and then, you know, I still, you know, we, I still speak with Etuan, I still speak to Robbie, you know, Kramer, Anthrop, Lewis Jackson. Uh, you know, it's it's like kind of like, you know, every time we see each other, you know, we just kind of pick up where we left off. You know, it's never like any, you know, lost time really. You know, we just kind of always go back to college, you know, just check on each other, see what's, you know, been going on in each other's lives. But you know, I guess that's, like, one of the things, you know, I really do appreciate about, you know, all those guys is that, you know, when we do talk or, you know, however much time in between, you know, it's just like, you know, we just – we talked to each other yesterday, you know. It's never any lost moments or anything like that. So, it's, you know, it's been, you know, really cool to, you know, be a part of that. That's the value of sports. That's what uh, I think all of us – I know coaches, every time you talk to a coach, what's the best thing about being a coach? And that was those relationships you have with people and they're lifelong. And I have found that out myself here recently. And uh, so so you, and that's 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 the sports culture right there. And I, I, I have uh, three or four friends. I, I can name them, I'm not going to, but I have, Four friends that probably I've only seen four or five times since I left them. I might have been 30 years ago. But as soon as they say hello, I mean, you, you realize you have a lifetime friend and you can just start talking, and that's the way it is. And you build a lot of those relationships in sports. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's great. Well, I know uh, when, Juwan, when you guys were playing here, I know that you uh, – um, you guys would hear Coach Painter and the staff and everybody reference older players, and I know that happens with every team. And uh, I just want to let you know that it's it's come full circle. We reference you guys all the time around here, so so we're we're always telling uh, our players about the days when you guys played and the things you guys did well. And and uh, well, I know that, those guys are pretty good. <laughs> yeah, but also just the kind of guys that they are and yeah. the way they were as players yeah. because. Um, one of the lines we use a lot, and we could, the thing about when you guys played is we could use your name or Etuan's name or Rob's name, but what what our line is is normally like, you know how many times we called Juwan Johnson, told him to come in here and work on his game? Zero, because he did it anyway. And, right. and we say that we say that all the time to our players now. So I just want you to know that uh, you guys are still still referenced a lot around here. And I do want to share uh, a story about Juwan. I'll never forget this. Um, we we played at Iowa on a midweek night, I don't, and I think you were still a little younger. I don't know what year you you were, JJ, but uh, mm-hmm. we won at Iowa. We come home, and we got back late, and I walked into Mackey, and 
as I'm walking through, I hear the ball bouncing down there. And I, and I thought, huh. And I, I, and I thought to myself, it must be one of the women's players because we just got into town like six or six hours earlier in the middle of the night. And I thought, well, it's gotta be one of the women's players working on their game or something. So I went in and I looked down and you were shooting on one end of the floor and Etwan was shooting on the other. And I just remember saying to myself, those two guys are going to be studs because if you just got in, you know, six, seven hours earlier and they're already back in the gym working on a, on an off day, um, that, that's, that's a good sign. That means you're going to be pretty good. So, um, you, you had all the, uh, all the signs early on that you were going to have this type of career, um, long after you finished up at Purdue. So it's, it's really cool for us to see all your success and everything. I appreciate that. That's awesome. Thanks a lot. So, uh, when do you head out to uh, for the, to start this season? Uh, I'll be heading out around uh, around like three weeks, I would say. Uh, so, you know, this time of the year is when I'm just starting to really work out, work out, and run. Just make sure I'm in you know pretty good shape. You know, going into training camp and you know all that good stuff. And your home base still Indianapolis. Yes, sir, Indianapolis. Where do you, and where do you get your work in down there? Um, usually I work out at a you know downtown um, at the Ursay Y or uh, you know I have a couple of gyms that are you know closer to my house that I'll you know get into you know get some workout. And it's funny because some of our players that are from Indy when they go home in the summers. Um, when, you know, guys at, at your level, it seems like there'll be pickup games around the city and you guys find it, you guys find each other, don't you? I mean, there's some pretty high level games in the off season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know, that's one of the, the good things about, you know, living in Indiana, you know, there's always opportunities to play basketball somewhere. So, you know, there's a lot of runs, you know, in the city, you know, some, you know, Pacer guys and now, you know, Lance is, you know, he's still playing, you know, in the city. Really? And, <laughs> you, know, uh, you know, those kind of guys overseas. And so, you know, we had pretty good runs in the city. So, um, you know, obviously it's, it's a great thing to be from Indiana, you know, for the basketball for sure. So who's coaching it tomorrow? Which, which team you on? He's on uh, Coach Katie's coach. Yeah, he's on the he's on the black squad. Coach Katie's going to coach him. So, any thoughts on getting coached by Coach Katie? Yeah, because he was just in there and we were telling him how to do certain things, and he said, "Oh, leave me alone." <laughs> mm-hmm. You know, um, you know, it's the first time for everything. You know, I'm looking, yeah. I'm, I'm looking, I'm looking forward to it. You know, we got to try to get that win. You know. Well, what's going to be fun is we're going to mic up. Coach Painter and Coach Katie, and then next week uh, we're going to put out some things on social media of just some of the some of the trash talk that goes on behind the scenes, and I'm sure there'll be some of that. Um, I'll sh- I'm sure there'll be a lot of that actually that goes on with you guys. So yeah, I think Ryan Smith said he's he's coming back to throw up threes, and and Coach looked at us and said, "Well, we'll see about that," you know. So well. We- <laughs> We we were disappointed the way the team shook out. You're actually on Coach Brantley's team. We were trying to I was trying to set it up where he was going to be in the other team, and we were and we were going to have you dunk all over him, and then we were going to <laughs> we were going to put that out everywhere on social media. Uh huh. That'd have been great, but you know, I'll, I'll, I'll put Coach Brantley. Yeah, now you guys will have you'll be you'll be the front line force try to get a win for Coach Katie. So. 
Well, we're going to we're going to do the final four here, Juan. These are four questions we ask every everybody that comes on the podcast and uh, they're just kind of off the beaten topic uh, off the beaten path, off topic questions. So, our first question for you in the final four is what is your go-to music of choice? Go-to music of choice is Drake. Hmm. And his new album, I'm sure you love that, right? Yeah, it's pretty smooth, yeah. So my son now is getting to the age where he's picking oh. up on some of this stuff. Oh, so uh, he runs around he's he runs around the house singing God's plan all the time. He's uh, and it's kind of hilarious actually. Right, because but especially <laughs> when you do uh, when you've seen Charlie he was a real little dude, now he's going into first grade and he's running around singing God's plan. And he has uh, I mean, he, he acts like an eighteen year old or 20-year-old, a juvenile 20-year-old. I wonder where he gets it from. Yeah, <laughs> yeah good point. Excellent point. And, he, and his thing now is he, he's always pulling up YouTube and watching clips of, you know, LeBron or Steph Curry or James Harden mm-hmm. or different guys like that. So a lot of times that's how he's getting introduced to some of his music because that's obviously some of the tracks for you mm-hmm. know, some of these things. So there's, yeah, I'll tell you a great story about Drake. Uh uh, Rob Blackman, who's our color announcer with our broadcast team, he was in Toronto recently, and uh, they came out of the hotel, and his son, Evan, said, Dad, that's Drake over there. And, you know, Rob goes, yeah. So. And Rob probably couldn't pick Drake out of a yeah, lineup. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He didn't know. He didn't know. And uh, so Evan said, uh, I'm going to go up and uh, I'm going to ask him for an autograph. It was only those two. And they, you know, Drake put his arm around him, took a bunch of pictures, and that was really cool. And Rob said, oh, I didn't even know what well. was going on. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty cool. Rob was pretty blown away by that. But yeah, you, uh, Drake's, uh, he's kind of on top of the world right now in the music industry. Definitely. <laughs> so now let me ask you this Do, Have you picked up any music from any European artists that you would have never been exposed to had not having not lived over there? Um. I wouldn't say like specific artists, but you know, there's like you know, you go out or you go out to dinner. And you're like, oh, you know, this song's kind of catchy. Yeah. You know, but um, for sure, it's like more like that EDM, you know, type of feel. You know, just because over here nationally, like that's what they like to play. So you kind of like adapt to that part of that type of music a little bit. Yep. But uh, yeah, you know, I, I enjoy all different kinds. You know, for sure. Okay, very cool. All right, our second question here on the final floor is, is there a, a favorite book you have or maybe a good book you've read recently? Mm, I would say The Alchemist. You know, that was like the last book I read. So, yeah, I, you know. The Alchemist. Would, so what, what I, I know the title, but I'm not sure. What, what's The Alchemist about? Um, It's about pretty much this guy on this journey to I think it's Egypt and um, he <clears throat> just pretty much he, he lives in one country it's a little bit further away and he's trying to get there to uh, what is he going to do oh yeah start this like business or whatever so um yeah <laughs> he just learns different things around the way and pretty much you know it's about the journey obviously then you know you know the that's you know the ending you know what i mean yep yep now i do want to mention so we do this every week and and uh last week we talked about uh uh we were talking about books 
and Larry referenced the fact that he was going to um, read, was had interest in reading a book on Alexander the Great. Mm-hmm. And when he, so he, we, we tape the podcast and we, um, we, it goes to air and I'm not, and I think it was probably, boy, maybe like two hours after we posted this podcast online and I get an email from a listener and he was, um, basically said, Hey, I have some Alexander the Great books and I want to get one to Larry. And he ended up bringing two bo- uh, books by. And uh, Larry, I gave them to you earlier in the week, and so uh, now you've got a couple uh, Alexander two, the Great books to get you started. Two brand new ones, and uh, I've started both. I couldn't, I couldn't just have, read one and not read the other, so I'm reading them simultaneously. And one of them is about the death of Alexander the Great. The other is pretty much the whole journey. But it's an, it's very fascinating, very, very fascinating. The only, only trouble I have with ancient history is that when you read the names you, you there's no way you can think how to pronounce them you know mm-hmm. they, they get cluttery and then it's hard to st- yeah it's yeah. hard to, to keep them in your I'm, I'm with you on that yeah so mm-hmm. I want so I want we want to give a thanks to Derek Derek came by last week and, and gave uh, yes, Larry a couple very books. much and I'm very appreciative because I was going to go out and buy a brand new book on Alexander the Great and that kept me from having to do that and I, I'm starting to read them both, so I'm very, very appreciative. Well, and Derek, thank you so much. Got to meet you last week when you dropped those off. We appreciate you uh, with your help with that and and, uh, and being a listener here of the podcast. So, All right, Juwan, uh, question three here on the final four is, if you could wave a wand and do any other profession, what would that be? Any other profession? Wow. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I don't know. Basketball is awesome. But, uh, man, that's a tough one, man. I don't know. Maybe like uh, another type of athlete. <laughs> hey, don't do not what Robbie did and go into the broadcasting business. <laughs> no, nah, Rob's, Rob's, Rob's great at that. Like, yeah, Rob's, he is, isn't he? He's I really mean, good. Yeah, that's definitely, you know, a talent for Rob. You know, he's always had that, you know, that get, you know, so that's. Good choice. Yeah, for sure. Longevity. That's all. For sure. Smart move by Rob. Yes, it was. I so, told him. I told him he's the dumbest guy in the world, but I. I didn't mean it. But he's he's really done well. So you. So you would if if you did another sport. What other sport would you want to do? Um, I mean, I enjoy watching football, but I definitely don't want to play it. <laughs> you know. Right. I mean? Right. But I would. Here, probably more towards like I guess it would have to be like track and field or something. Even I don't, yeah, I don't know, something like that maybe. Well, you were. I mean, I could see you could see the track in you. And we uh, so some background for our players. Everybody has to run the mile every fall as part of our conditioning program, and you got to make it in a certain time. And Jawan to this day still has one of the better times we've ever had. You guys. You guys, do you remember what your time was? I think my best one was like five ten, five fifteen around there, oh, something like. Yeah, I, I was just getting ready to say I thought your best time was five eleven because there's yeah. times that we we put you know a minimum time on some of our big guys, 
And they always look at you like, you got to be kidding me. I can't make that. And then our, we always go, well, Juwan made it in 5'11". And they look at you, they just look crushed. Like, oh, there's no way I can do that. And, and we don't expect most of our big guys to do 5'11". Yeah, I was nervous. I remember, you know, that about that, that Coach Painter was like, you know, because I'm thinking, because we had ran it in high school, high school, my high school coach, Mark James. Yeah. And, you know, I think ours was under, like, 6'30 for, like, Maybe six minutes or six thirty for like the whole team and big. So I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm familiar with you know running this, so I'm cool. You know, I'm gonna make the six minute time for the bigs. You know, I really wasn't worried. So then you know, Coach Payne was like, oh nope, I've seen you run. I heard about you running. You got the guards time five thirty. <laughs> <laughs> and so he... I'm like, I'm like really nervous. You know, like oh man, like how the hell am I gonna make this? You right. Know? Like, so, you know, my plan was just to stick close to Rob. I knew Rob ran cross country. So I'm like, all right, you know, if I could just stay with him for at least two laps, you know, that will give myself a chance. And, you know, that's what I did. I stayed with Rob for like a couple laps. And then after that, you know, he kind of took off for me. And then I was kind of by, my, by myself. And, you know, I, was, I finished with 5'10". I couldn't believe it. So I was, you know, yeah. it was great. That <laughs> was a, that any easier for me after each season, you know. So kept the time close to that. So yeah, that's a yeah. great. That was a great. Still one of the best numbers we've ever had. And you know, it's funny because coach will still do that with certain guys. I mean, if you're a we now we've had some big, you know, big guys that have had big frames on them. You know, with the Isaac Hosses and the AJ Hammonds and 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 Biggie and those kind of guys. And they still get a true 6.30, and sometimes, you know, it might be a 6.45. But then, it, it, you know, if there's a guy that Coach feels, hey, you can do this, he'll, he'll, he won't hesitate. He'll say, hey, you got to go 6.15, or you got to go 6, and, and like you do with you. And it, and it does. It throws him for a loop. All of a sudden, the panic starts to set in, and we got to kind of remind him, like, you got this. You're, you know what you're doing. Oh, yeah. He's just going to kick him off the team because he doesn't reach that time. <laughs> As a player, I guess you, I guess you take it to heart. Well, and that I don't think I've ever seen players as nervous as the day before that mile. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you, I mean, I remember my first two years, I would like, you know, run it like a week ahead of time and just kind of see where I was at. But then those last couple of years, I was like, you know what, <laughs> it's not gonna get any better practicing before this. So I'm just gonna go out. <laughs> See, that's the problem with Jawan. That's why he's a successful player. He spends too much time practicing and thinking about what you're going to do here. The so. good ones do that. That's yes, why his name's do. in the rafters. The yeah. good ones do it. The guys that show up and think, I got this, and then they end up running a 7-10, and they got to keep doing it for the next two weeks. Those are the guys that then struggle in practice. So, mm-hmm. All right, so our final question here on the Final Four for Jawan Johnson is, uh, J.J., what is something that not many or no one knows about you? Um, 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 I would say, um, something that's something I guess, like, I'm, like, a big time, I guess just from being overseas, you know, uh, I kind of like to go to, like, different coffee shops and just kind of chill out on my off days, like, walk that's all. Well, you need. Well, you need to come on the road when we go. When you're done playing, you're gonna come on a trip with us, and you can hang out with Larry and I because we like to do that as well. 
We yeah, like to yeah. walk and get a cup of coffee and just chill. Yeah, that's like my biggest thing now. It's like, you know, just a good day for me nowadays. It's, you know, good weather, you know, good music, and, you know, just a nice, you know, relaxing vibe. It's a great day. You know, and, you know coffee shops are kind of like do that for me a little bit. So, you know, I enjoy it. Now, when you go to coffee shops, are you drinking coffee? Are you drinking tea, or do you have you got if you gotten into any kind of drinks overseas? Wow, um, you know, it depends on where I'm at. You know, if I'm in Italy, you know, I got into like obviously like espressos and cappuccinos, all that. Turkey, they have like the little Turkish tea and Turkish coffee and all that kind of stuff. So, depending on where I'm at, you know, I, I kind of, you know, I've been, you know, different places now. So I kind of try. I like to try, you know, a few different things, but you know. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you, one final question: uh, Have you picked up any languages? Uh, not really. I mean, they make it pretty easy for the American players now. It was crazy because uh, a couple years ago, I went to. Uh, they had like a like an eighty year anniversary type of thing for uh, this team called Cantu that I was playing for, and they just honor like eighty other former players or people that had something to do with like the organization or something like that throughout their 80-year history or whatever. And uh, there's a few, like, American players that they had come, like, you know, from, like, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Yeah, old guys like me. And those guys, you know, they're, like, you know, some of them are black guys, and they're, like, speaking Italian, you know, like, you know. (laughs) You know, I'm like, man, this is crazy. But, you know, back then, you know, obviously the communication was, you know, some the coaches didn't speak any English pretty much, you know, back then or wow. it, they didn't have the luxury of like FaceTiming or, you know, sending WhatsApp messages and yeah. all that stuff. So they had, you know, calling cards and, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So it was yeah. a whole different process of really being overseas and playing overseas where you had to kind of really just kind of immerse yourself completely, you know, and, uh, you know, adapt to your surroundings. So it was kind of cool. Like they were, all speak well not all of them were like fluent but you know it was just crazy that like after all those years that like they still had like you know sure remembered the language and you know kept using it and stuff that's really cool that's a yeah that's a really interesting point of that so yeah you're uh you going to coffee shops in istanbul or some italian cities is a little different than larry and i going to iowa city and going down the street and grabbing a cup of coffee you get you get to do it some pretty cool places, man. But we've so, we've had that opportunity, to like be in Barcelona or oh, be absolutely. in Madrid or be in Rome, and yes, yeah, it's, it's a wonderful experience. Yeah. So if you had one place, JJ, if you had two free days in Europe, anywhere, and you could jump on a plane and go, where are you going? Okay, so um, I mean, when we do get a couple of days off, I'll like take a quick little flight, you know, like hour or two hour flight. So usually I like to go to like Barcelona. Yeah, or, good town, good town. Or, or like London, you know, I mean, that's like a three hour, three, three and a half hour flight. But, you know, those are always, you know, good times. Yeah, that is awesome. Well, I hey, I think it's so cool that, uh, you know, you're, you're continuing to play the game that you love. And, and uh, you know, we always... We always tell players that come through here, you know, you chase two dreams. You chase your academic dream, you chase your basketball dream, and you've been so fortunate to keep playing and playing at a high level, making a a, a nice uh, chunk of money along the way and seeing the world. So just uh, I think it's really cool, and, and we're looking forward to seeing you this weekend. We all get together for the alumni game. 
Yes, sir. Appreciate it. And hey, I'll see you guys, you know, soon. <laughs> yes, you will. Sounds great. Well, thanks, JJ. Appreciate thanks. you joining us. All right. Appreciate you guys. Thanks. All right. All right. That's Jawan Johnson here on the podcast, number 45, episode 45. And, uh, we uh, will, as JJ said, we'll look forward to seeing him. I haven't, I haven't this seen weekend. the total list. I have seen the total list, but I don't remember the total list. But if there's a better player on the floor tomorrow, I doubt that. Right. He's going to have to come forward because this kid is a really good player. Yeah, it'll and it'll be interesting. We have some guys coming back that we haven't seen in some years. Uh, some new names to the list, and a lot of guys that we see every two years when we have this thing. But uh, I'll tell you, we're we're getting probably around sixty players total. Uh, we're probably going to have about uh, 28, 20, well, right around 30 that are going to play, so about 15 on each roster, and then another uh, 20 or so that will will come and be part of the festivities and probably actually probably around another 30 or so. So we're going to have in the neighborhood of 60 players, and we have, a, we have some uh, administrators around the department who are kind of new to Purdue, and when we were bringing them up to speed on this alumni game and kind of how we do it and what it's all about, and we referenced the fact that we get these many players, their jaws dropped. They said we used to have, you know, reunions back at our schools or institutions that they worked at. And he said, nobody ever gets 60 players back. Because that is amazing. And it speaks to the, you know, what you and I have talked about several times on this podcast, the Purdue basketball family and how powerful it is. And It'll just be uh, it'll be a great day on Saturday in Mackey. So, all right. Any parting shots, Larry? No. Looking forward to the weekend. Yep, should be a good one. So, thanks everybody for listening. We appreciate it. As always, keep the uh, comments coming. Uh, Boilerballpodcast at gmail.com If you have any uh, questions for future guests or topics, things of that nature, or you just want to drop us a line, let us know uh, what you're reading or what's going on in uh, in your area. Uh, please let us know. We've got a lot of guests lined up uh, that we'll try to get through here to the, the end of the summer and in through uh, the fall. So uh, that's uh, podcast episode 45 with Juwan Johnson. Again, thanks everyone for listening. And until next time, be curious, be informed, and be well.